0: Warning Missing Save Farm. Hey, it's Burnsy, and I'm Paul. And this is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed the first time around.
1: And this week we're talking about Psychonauts.
0: And I've got a lot of things to talk about related (laughs) to Psychonauts. I think I do too. (laughs) Let's get into it. In Psychonauts, a young psychic named Rasputin, or Raz for short, ducks out on his family's traveling circus to join the Psychonauts' summer camp. Once there, Raz will try to earn as many psychic camp merit badges as possible in the hopes that he may become a Psychonaut, powerful psychic secret agents with the ability to enter other people's minds. However, Raz's plans are quickly derailed when his fellow campers' brains begin to go missing, leaving only mindless husks to wander around the grounds of the camp. With the other adult and camp counselors quickly disappearing as well, it soon becomes up to Raz and the mysterious Ford Cruller to rebrain the campers, stop the foe behind the brain thefts, and stop whatever sinister plot is happening in the dark corners of the camp. Psychonauts lets you know right away that it is a game that was envisioned largely by one person, labeling itself as a psychic adventure from the mind of Tim Schafer, within moments of you booting it up. And from the beginning, it's clear that almost everything you will experience at your Psychic summer camp is the way that it is, because that's how Mr. Schaefer wanted it to be. Before I started playing this game, I was cautioned by many people that it's a great experience uh, for a game that's 15 years old. Does that mean that the game still holds up? Is it a modern day masterpiece? Or is it best to simply skip this entry and jump straight into Psychonauts 2, which recently launched on all major platforms and Xbox Game Pass? That's what we're here to talk about. and. Paul, there's, should, I, should some... I just,
1: should I just answer all those like, uh,
0: <laughs> in a row <coughs> lightning round? Here we go. Yes. No, no, yes, yes. No. Um, I, so anytime Paul people start with like, if you're okay playing a game that's 15 years old, like when, when people immediately talk about, you know, it's an old game to me, I read that as shorthand for it's got some problems. Um, it's got some rough
1: edges. Yeah. Um, I will say, so I had played this one before once, and my best guess is maybe like 2009 or 10, and I bet that, I should have looked back, I bet that it was a free game on, uh, on Xbox Gold at some point on the 360, um, would be my guess, and I played it then, on the 360, so it was already okay. a generation removed. Um, the first time I played it <clears throat> and then I played it again, um, obviously for this and yeah, it, 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 there's such a feel to games from the original Xbox that, and this has it right. Mm-hmm, and that feel mm-hmm. is so hard to define, mm-hmm. but like it has it right.
0: And and I kind of wonder, too, like speaking of the it factor, um, I I would almost maybe put like Fable in that camp, too, where it just kind of has yeah. that sort of feel to it. And like, I I don't know, it's it's difficult for me because I know that this is first off, I, I, I just have to say right away that I want to be on this game's side. But at the end of the day, I'm not certain that I'm 100 percent there. And I'm having a hard time like reconciling how I feel about this game because I have the greatest affection for like the storytelling, the vibe, like because this like I was trying to quantify like how I felt about this game. And I would almost describe like the aesthetic of this game as like early Nicktoons meets MTV liquid television. Like it's that kind of like and that's I'm into it, right? Like it's that sort of. Um, it's like, if you've ever watched any Yonan Vasquez cartoons, um, uh, on, on Nicktoons, like that, kind of, it has that kind of like, you know, sort of dark Tim Burton-esque vibe, but also there's like some silliness to it too. And it's, it's really charming. Like, I love the characters. I think Rasputin is great.
1: I like, yeah, I like the characters. I like, uh, maybe the thing I would say more than anything is I'm shocked this, I'm shocked that with Psychonauts 2 coming out, that they didn't slap together a remake of this, just just a mm-hmm. because like a pass on this game, a, a quick pass through coding, and they the trick is they probably have to rebuild an engine. Um, but a quick pass on this game to clean up a few edges here and there and smooth a few things out would make this um, a game that we didn't have to caveat with so many like, well, it's a fifteen-year-old game. <laughs> I'll also say, though, I I think I'm in the same place now, having finished it the second time that I was, let's just say in 2009, maybe 10, um, where I remember finishing it and thinking, huh, okay, that was fun. Guess I'm glad I don't have to play it again. (laughs) (laughs) And it is definitely a game that I think I had more fun playing than I had frustration playing. Mm Mm-hmm. But that I have to have a that I have to talk about that balance means that there was frustration
0: just as a kind of a listener like note we're we're trying something different with the podcast this time around, so what we're going to do here is we're going to have a conversation about as much as we can without spoiling any plot details um so that'll be like the first half of the show so what i think we'll probably get into is probably more specific like frustration points because that'll probably be more plot heavy but that'll be after the show break so um and and let us know what you think about this new show format by the way but we sort of we're 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 trying this out where first part of this is we're going to talk about the game at large but not get into any specific spoiler uh, points so if you are looking to play psychonauts even with all of (laughs) Like, it it feels like a hard recommend after we're going like,
1: you know, it is one of those where, like,
0: I would still say,
1: play it like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not unplayable. (laughs) I mean, okay, I keep giving these like so, (laughs) so back backhanded compliments.
0: That is that's the Um, box quote of the century is like, you know, it's it's not not unplayable. unplayable. (laughs) Paul plays some games, you know, (laughs)
1: Um, but no, at the end of the day, like when I finished it, I still thought to myself, yeah, this was fun. It was, I mean, ugh, there's a pun. It was campy. Um, yeah. it has some troubling ed- like it has some problems in lots of ways. The engine is an Xbox engine. Like it was built yeah. in like probably 2002, three was when they were first probably putting that engine together. Um, so the, there's a lot of polygons, there's a lot of slippery edges. It's not it's not mm-hmm. the cleanest platformer, but there's a lot of games that we played as kids that were platformers that have worse platforming than this. And yeah. In, in I, a I, lot of sense, it's like Mario sixty four, but not as great, right? There's a lot of Mario sixty four angles and stuff where you're like, ooh, I thought I made that jump. Guess I didn't. I think well, Mario sixty four is a lot more for your giving, but
0: and, and I think you bring up an interesting point too, because um, the thing that I respect a lot about this game is also the part where I'm not certain it's as successful as as it might have been if it were a more modern game. Is you know I, I would call it a platformer, but also it's got a lot of like adventure game style trappings. Yeah, too. it is
1: very much an adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might even say that some of the some of the harder to fix problem of this game is that it's trying to be a bunch of things. And so it has, um, it's got some gameplay bloat, right? It has those adventure trappings. It has puzzle solving, essentially. It's like a Sam and Max game, essentially. You have to find an item and take it to another character. Yep. um, And then present it to them. And you have all these psychic powers. You have an item inventory. Frankly, you have too many psychic powers.
0: You do. Um, (laughs) You've got way too many.
1: Which is that's that's a, a tough criticism the to level of the game that like they gave too much um they yeah. tried to make it too many things
0: well and i would say too there's there's just looking at it casually with like your your psychic powers like you know to to give you a if you've not played psychonauts before let's try to name they, all of them uh so you have tele psychokinetics or psychokinesis Lips and stuff sure yeah uh you've got the the levitation ability which is rolling yep, around on very the very important super um, important Very, very important. Yeah. Uh, You've got the psychic blast ability. Yep. Uh, You've got the psychic grenade ability. Confusion grenades, probably uh-huh. could have been cut. You've got pyrokinesis. Pyrokinesis, um, cool, but probably could have been cut. Well, and and so immediately what I was thinking, my first example was you've got the shooty shoot power and you've got the set stuff on fire power. Yeah. Why could those have not been the same power? Yeah, same power. Um, And also, could confusingly, you have an ammo system for your shooty yeah, shoot power. Yeah, like, yeah. why why is that there? Uh, you've, got the play, you've got the shield power. You've got... a shield. Kind of, not necessary, but... Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned the confused grenade, but you've you got did. that. Um, so <clears throat> there's like a wheel and I believe there's like eight, eight or nine. Yeah. I can think of one you're missing and I bet I'm forgetting one
1: too, but you're forgetting clairvoyance, which I think is the most cuttable power. Yes. Um, and there probably is at least one more.
0: And they try to, <laughs> right. they, they try to wedge all these powers into the game. And, and acknowledge that there's it's almost like they basically say we have too many powers because you've got hot buttons that you can assign them to. Um, but, you know, you've got like eight powers and only three buttons to hit them. So their solution is like, here's a wheel swap stuff out, you know, as you need to. And and that feels a little bit clumsy. Um, I, I also like I think a lot of my frustrations with the game, too, were, were pacing related. I went from, you know, I basically said I existed with this game in three different states. Uh, it was either tedium delight or frustration and and sure you know that's that's basically where it was there were long stretches where i was like this is kind of dull and then there were points of the game where i'm like oh i love this this is really nice like the the story is really cool yeah. like the level sort of reinforces what's going on and then there were points where you just sort of hit a wall and it's just incredibly frustrating there were there were two points in particular where um, I did set the game down and walk away from it for a while because I was just, you know. I so think there were at least
1: two points. It'll be interesting to hear if it's the same, but that I, I was just like, nope, I'm googling it. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I don't care, I don't care. It's not like, I beat it once a decade ago. I don't care.
0: I'm gonna Google it. But um, I, I do like, I, like I think the reason that I, I can, you know, most games that I felt this way with, I probably would just dismiss and be like yeah that's a relic from another era and best to skip but like the story is so good the characters are so good um that that it's worth experiencing and and i kind of stumbled upon this too that i i actually i don't know how many tim Shafer games you've played paul
1: you'd have um, to name some for me to know if i have i mean i so, guess i know broken age um yep. is massive chalice at tim Shafer.
0: Mm, it might be uh, the one, the one that I played quite a bit of, uh, when it came out was Brutal Legend.
1: Um, well, I never played brutal, brutal Legend, but, um, yeah, I know of it.
0: So I feel about Brutal Legend the same way that I feel about this game, which is, I'm really glad I had the experience. I actually re- have super fond memories of it. I'm not certain I needed to play it as a video game, and I'm not certain I wouldn't have enjoyed it more as a TV show. Sure. Um, um, and, and I feel like that's my biggest criticism of Tim Schafer games and why I'm probably the most interested in Psychonauts 2, because if they can make the gameplay loop as compelling as the story beats, I feel like they could really be onto to something like you could have a really good game. But I always feel like Tim Schafer games fall short in the gameplay department and they knock it out of the park in the, in the narrative department.
1: Yeah. It feels like a, you know, a George Lucas episode one sort of problem where if, if you do have one person in charge of so much with, without anybody, I mean, I'm sure there were people reigning them in. Right. But, um, not as much as if, if this was say, uh, you know, EA making this or something, um, where that, that responsibility is dispersed across dozens of people. If not, I mean, many more than that, but dozens maybe doing that the story and, gameplay beats um and so it's hard to get outside of your own creations right it's hard to look at something you made objectively and, and especially it's hard to edit something that you have done um and i think maybe my number one complaint would probably be that this just needs some editing this this just needs a few things cut from it to focus yeah. and make the other parts tighter cuz i think what you just said that that what tedium Frustration and, um, and delight. Alation. Delight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that's a, a very, very good read on this game. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> that's well said because there's plenty of those parts that just need to be tightened up and the checkpoint system and save system. I think a remake, even if it just fixed that would almost be worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah, because there's just some of, it kind of feels like a game that you're just expected to sit down and play nonstop through.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and I did it
1: in a few bursts. Like I probably played, um, you know, maybe three hours, three hours, maybe a four hour block. But then, anytime I'd turn it off and come back, I'd be like, "Oh, that that's where I saved. Like that's where the save put me back." Um, and stuff like that's just uh, it again. 20 years ago
0: on original Xbox, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's how games are. And now today it's like, that's not how games are. I'm glad I don't
1: have to type in a 16 digit code to get the (laughs) game back.
0: (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, I want to bring up your, your point about, you know, maybe somebody serving as an editor for Tim Schaefer. And, and that's a good point. Although I find it really fascinating that we're playing this game, which is a game which feels like it's very much under the influence of an auteur after playing a game that was also very much under the influence of an auteur. And I feel like near automata didn't have any of those problems that this game does like in terms of narrative and gameplay divide where, where I I feel like the reason that I love near so much was because the gameplay was as good or better than the story and vice versa. And they intertwined so well and reinforced each other so well. And, and to me, Psychonauts feels like a middle tier level quality game bolted onto an amazing story. Like, like that there's just that, that the quality of the storytelling and the story crafting is so great and that the gameplay portions are just don't cohere nearly as well.
1: I think, I think part of that is that the games themselves are very different, that it is it has been for, for much longer, easier to make. Well, for one, a uh, top-down twin-stick shooter, which is a lot of what near is. Not a lot. It's a part. Um, but also just a, a combat game. It's a Dynasty Warrior, essentially. When you really, really boil it down, uh, yeah. it's a Dynasty Warrior. And those sorts of games have been easy enough to make in engine for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this is a 3D platformer for, for whatever else it is this is a 3d platformer with a whole bunch of like move tech and like what is what is the best 3d platformer you've ever played like i'm struggling to think of any because they're a lot harder to make yeah like i mean mario galaxy
0: yeah probably i mean i would actually say mario odyssey might be better Um, than galaxy um but only just because it's, it's just a little bit more tight. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd accept that. But like, so we've named two instances of the same franchise. Right, yeah, a Mario um, game. Mm-hmm. And so there just aren't as many people pushing to make that space better. And certainly yeah. 15 years ago, like this was a hard, it's a hard game to make. Even today, I guess is what I'd say. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what Second House 2 is like. Yeah. But yeah. this is a hard genre to make. And so a lot of the trappings, I think, are because of that.
0: Yeah. And your point of this game being a lot. I mean, there's there's I feel like that's true, even with the narrative, like the narrative covers a lot of ground. We, we won't spoil any of it right here, but like, you know, where you start versus where you wind up and, and <clears throat> you know, the, the essentially the worlds in the game um, are essentially the minds of different people. Yeah through and and we won't get into more details of, of that. I mean, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler spoiler to even say that, but like, so you have the entirety of the campground that they have modeled. You have this interweaving like train system that connects the portions uh, of, of the camp together. And then within that, you have all the worlds that are basically like the actual worlds that you play in, which again, are, are minds of different people. And all those are wildly different by design because of, of the way that they are. So, you know, this game in terms of like scope and ambition, I think it's hard to find a game that had as much ambition, you know, back when it was made or even now, honestly, um, with, with what it's doing, because it's, you know, the stuff that you go from in this game from just basically, you know, a campground, you know, type of, you know, bunkhouse sort of feel, then there's a lake and then there's all this other stuff to, you know, the last level, I'll just say meat circus. uh, And you can figure out what that means. uh, If, if you play it Um, you know, to, to have that in the scope of just one single game is pretty incredible and pretty amazing. And I was looking even through the character list. And so there's, there's like several main characters in the game um, who, you know, Raz is one Ford crawler is another one. Then you've got the three main, uh, you know, adult counselors who are also psychonauts. You've got coach Oleander, uh, Mia Vodeo uh, and then you've got Sasha 9 and then I looked it up for for actual campers like your cohorts there are 21 yeah. campers because um, part of the game as, as you know their brains begin to disappear part of the game mechanics is actually you finding their brains and helping rebrain them and I remember I kept finding brains and I'm like this has got to be the last one this has hmm. got to be the last one. and then there's just there's more in there there's a
1: screen that tells you how many you need
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> so, and I, I probably just breezed past that, but I'm just like, I've got to be getting close. Right. And every time I went back, I'm like, I don't even think I'm halfway done yet. Like there's just, so to fully realize all of those characters and, and none of those characters are really a retread either. They feel like they have their own identity, even as, as like a little bit of, you know, kind of screen time that they get. So it's just incredible. The amount of Work They were able to put into this one game with having all of those characters be voice acted in some way um, to have them have their unique designs and and their own personalities. And um, and there's some really, really great like other characters that I'm not even mentioning because, you know, to do so would be maybe a little bit spoiler heavy. But like um, that, that's why I kind of kept coming back to this game. It was sort of that experience where I would I would hit a block that I maybe got frustrated with. I would take a break. And then, like, after a little bit of time, it was like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and I did want to, you know, to, to finish it. But it's it is a tough sell, I think, based off of the way that modern games work. And it has enough rough edges where it's like you need to go into that sort of knowing that before you play it. But I, I mean, I'm really glad we don't actually like rate games on this podcast because I do not even I, I'd have such a hard time like trying to figure out what i would want to rate this game because
1: yeah yeah
0: it's you know for ambition and story i think i would give it the highest you know 10 of 10 and for like actual nuts and bolts like real middle of the road you know so it's like where where does that leave the game what what what, what score would i put on it i don't know
1: yeah it's interesting because i think everything that i like about the game i could st- i could also find something wrong like even the story um i will say that um i mean i could say without spoilers that I mean, a lot of this story is very couched in like mid twentieth century uh armchair psychology and Freud Freudianism, which sure. is, is has been long was long debunked by the time this game was made. Um and I get it as a backdrop for this, but like um I mean it's worth pointing out that that like everything Freud said that you think is psychology is wrong. <laughs> Fred had had no correct ideas about anything um, is is not hyperbole either, right? Uh, Right. (laughs) Like, so the fact that a lot of that, those trappings of that like mid-century feel is still in here, even to the degree of um, I I was playing and at a certain point I was like, huh, because Sasha and um, Mila, um, I was like, boy, are all the characters in this German? Uh, And then I was like, oh, They're Austrian. I get it. (laughs) It's like because like when Tim Schaefer thinks of psychology, he only thinks of Freud and he only thinks of like a a gray-haired old man with glasses on a couch speaking in an Austrian accent. Yeah. It's like those sort of trappings in in there are, are just so indicative of like the mindset of where this came from. That said, if you put those aside, I still love the story. Like it's a fun story. Um But there's there's weird parts in all of the parts of this that some, I think, are, you know, game mechanics, but some are just oddities.
0: Yeah, well, and it's I kept thinking, too, it's I can see why this game was as highly regarded as it was when it came out uh, and why people have continued to remain, you know, vocal and passionate about it, because this is yet another example of, I think, a type of video game that really is not made. Uh, anymore like yeah. then or or is not made anymore right like it's sure you know i look at this as like when this game came out um there probably was a maybe a little bit more of an audience for it then than there is now but it's just it's a it's a bizarre game in terms yeah. of trying to sell it and it's actually why i'm kind of glad that it's on game pass now because i feel like you know again more people may just like give it a shot and and try it out um because it, it's you know, it is like putting a label on it, like describing it to somebody like, how you know, like, I I don't know, like, it's just it's one of those types of games that if you look at it as like a boxed product that you're trying to sell somebody, you know, it's just easier to hand somebody and say, well, here, try it. You know, it's the definition of that book where, you know, somebody asks you, well, hey, how is that? And it's like, here, read the first couple of chapters, you know? Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's definitely one of those where um, I'm sad that games have become so siloed at this point that like you like you said, nobody would make this game. Um I mean they just made a sequel, but they wouldn't make this one again. Right. Um new. They made a sequel because people a lot of people like the first one. I I like the first one. But it, it is it is sad that, you know, there aren't more companies willing to just take these like weird swings. And and there are indie developers, I know, that that would. Um, but they're much smaller and they're much rarer um and so you don't see it as much mm-hmm. but, but this was definitely an era where even you know not that this was a, not the double fine is a big company but that these companies were willing to take swings um on weird stuff
0: mm-hmm. um and
1: sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't this this is not too far I, i'm realizing we mentioned that Mario Galaxy and Mario Odyssey but we didn't mention Mario Sunshine which is probably the more apt comparison to this yeah um yep because this this would have been very close to Mario Galaxy I'm sorry, not Galaxy, uh, uh, Sunshine. Sunshine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, at the end of the day, is this a worse platformer than Sunshine? Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is probably a better platformer <laughs> than Sunshine.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I would actually, it's funny you mention that because, like, there's a lot of even similar sort of, like, gameplay loops oh, yeah. in terms of, like, camera The camera gets floatiness. stuck in walls, like, fine. Uh, it gets uh-huh. stuck in
1: everybody's walls in these games. Yep, <laughs> like, yeah Um yeah it's it's definitely that era, and I think a lot of the problems with sunshine it, this one's shorter. I <laughs> mm-hmm. think that that does a lot more for it. I think sunshine a lot of the problem is that you have to do the same just garbage things over and over. Um, and maybe the fact that you have all these psychic powers makes it better because all you have is your water cannon and sunshine, and it never works. Yeah. <laughs> At least some of these psychic powers work. So <laughs>
0: some, of, some of them work when you want them to.
1: Some of them work
0: when you want them Well and and yeah, I I'd say that's a good point. That um I guess there's never a portion of the game that I feel like well, that's not true. There's almost never <laughs> a portion of the game where it like kind of completely fails. I have a specific example I'll mention when we get to uh when we get to the the spoiler portion of the podcast where I feel like it completely breaks down. Um, but for the most part, I feel like the gameplay holds up pretty well and it's just whether or not it's compelling or not. And there are portions of it where I think they're, you know, it, 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 I think they were trying to make it more fun than it actually wound up being. And then there are some portions where it's like, Hey, this platforming is actually pretty fun. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of all over the map and I, uh, I, I don't know. So, so going back to like my original intro, does this game still hold up? That's I mean,
1: a, that's a tough. Like I said, if, if, if it's just a yes, no, like it's not unplayable. So yes,
0: I mean, is that the? If, I mean, is that the standard with which you say like, does this game still hold up? Because like to me, if somebody says, does this game still hold up? You know, my criteria is a little bit harsher than it's an executable that you can run and start from <laughs> beginning to end.
1: <laughs> I mean. Fair, but even looking back at the games we've played, like uh, the Star Wars, uh, what Jedi Outcast, like that one was uh, where I played it. Right, I played it on Switch. Right, like yeah, don't was, play it on Switch. That was basically <laughs> unplayable. Yeah, um, don't play and it I still Switch. enjoyed it, but um, this is more playable than that. It depends on when you put the bar. Yeah, it, you could ask the question: Does this live up to the hype? Um, and I think that's a tricky question too, because while this game. Has like some hype in some corners of the internet. I think it's still a game that, like, as much as some people will will say, no, that's not true. I think this game is not one that is talked about much, and it is not one that many people have played. Um, yeah, it is a, a small game by a, a small developer, fifteen years ago. Um, and and that said, this develop- double fine has made a lot of good games, and, and this is this is still a good game. But it's not like it's not a triple A title. It's not something that's ubiquitous in culture. Um, So I don't know. I I would say that as long as you're not as long as you are not exacting in the perfection you demand from games and you're looking for something fun that is different, then it's worth playing this.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, If you sit down and say this game must be perfect by every stretch of the imagination, then do not play this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um but if you're willing to tolerate some sharp edges, like, you know, it's a little time capsule on what the Xbox was like.
0: To to bring it back to the George Lucas analogy, it's not Star Wars, it's THX eleven thirty-eight. Uh, wow, got of, no. Oof, oof. <laughs> it's got some interesting ideas in there, but well, uh, I don't it's not like gonna be that a crowd comparison, pleaser. but I'm
1: not sure that I'm gonna say that it's wrong. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I I think it, I think, you know, what what we're kind of dancing around is the idea that this is maybe art house cinema and not mass mass release, right? Sure.
1: Like um that's the way to put it it's, more
0: succinctly. It's, Yeah, that and if you're into that type of experience where you know that it's not perfect, but it has some really interesting ideas and it has some stuff you're not going to see anywhere else, then I think you might have a good time with it. But, you know, if you're into it to just play a game that is satisfying from beginning to end, know that you're probably going to run against some rough edges and you're going to have some some points where you're going, "Eh, I'm not having a great time right now. Um, That said, I'm very glad that I played it. Um, I have a I have an experience I think my experience with the conclusion of this game, which I'm excited to talk about after the break is probably unique because I just wanted to get through it for the podcast. I don't know. I I probably will have more experiences with this game and I'm actually super stoked to, uh, to try out psychonauts too, but I'm too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else we want to talk about? Non-spoiler wise before we take Uh, a break? To just
1: piggyback on that. I think that if you are sitting down and trying to rush through this game, I think it worked for me. And I didn't really rush through it. But I played this game in a few chunks because I already played it once. But I think on a first pass, um, this is the kind of game that if you want to play it, like play it, you know, it's probably a good game to play in the winter when, like, you look out the window and it's cold and you don't want to do anything else and it's dark and you just have, like, pour yourself a cup of hot chocolate and sit down with this game the way you would like a good book or something and know that it's not perfect. But like it's, I don't know. I think it's worth playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I actually I'm amazed that I'm actually saying I liked it because I was I really didn't like it in some some stretches. Yeah, um, that's fair. But, but at the end of the day. I think what's there is so much more redeeming than, than the parts of it that I hated. And I really like, I cursed this game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I, I believe you. Let's talk about Uh, spoilers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll, uh, we'll take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to get into full spoilers. So this is your, your warning that if uh, you haven't played this game and you want to, I would call this, uh, you know, pause right here, go play the game. And at some point, if you're, you know, you've completed the game and you want to come back and listen to part two, we'll still be here. Just keep us downloaded on your device. For those of you who have played uh, Psychonauts or you don't care about spoilers, we'll be back in just a minute right here on the missing save file. This is The Missing Save File, a video game podcast where we talk about the games we somehow missed. This week, we're talking about Psychonauts. We were spoiler-free uh, a moment ago, and now we're going to get right into it. So, so, Paul, this is one more warning. You know, that we need to have like a siren that goes off or something. That's like, you know, spoilers ahead. I was, I was trying to come up with like the most off-the-wall spoiler I could for this game. The,
1: obviously an untrue spoiler to just shout out during that. And I couldn't come up with the one. Um, like Raz is the sled. I, like I got, I got nothing.
0: Um, yeah. Ra- Raz is the milkman confirmed. Oh yeah. yeah there we go. Um
1: <laughs> Wow. Um But yeah, maybe, maybe it speaks to the absurdity of this game that, that I can't even come up with like an absurd spoiler.
0: <laughs> it really, yeah, it does keep you guessing. And like I, so I think we kind of hinted at this. I'd like to get out there just right away The you said there were like probably two moments where, where you were highly frustrated. I, there were two moments where I was highly frustrated too. I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. The two missions that, that were the ones that made me put the controller down, turn the Xbox off. Okay, and let, walk me, away. let me really
1: think. So I'm betting that one is meat circus.
0: One is meat circus. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, should we say the other one together on three? Let's see if sure. we got, got the
0: same. Yeah. So one, Two, three, Milkman, Milkman conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah, so, good
1: um, yeah, uh, when I when I was thinking back, though, like the first playthrough, it, it's actually I think very interesting because I remembered some levels of this like vividly, and one of those was Milkman Conspiracy, and I think I do because of all the like because I played it under emotional load essentially because it frustrated me so much the first time I played this game.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and so that one stuck with me, right? It's an emotional memory. It stuck with me more. I got to the, um, I got to like, ooh, the bullfighter. Um, I forget his name already. Um, I, yeah, Gloria but... too, like the glory of the singer. Yep. Um, like I have no memory of those two missions. <laughs> like oh, wow. zero. Um, Waterloo World, I had like a passing memory of. But I'm like, when I got to that point of the game, I was like, oh, cool. I think I'm, I'm almost a meat circus. And then I was like, oh, uh, I guess Gloria. And then like, oh, I guess guess this guy. Like, what are these
0: levels? <laughs> Where um, were these at? I
1: did not remember those in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Milkman Conspiracy. Oof. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's, there, I think for me, there were just so many. I, I think that is the game at its most adventure, adventure yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's where it really starts to fall down, um, where the parts of the game that are more realized are the parts that are the platform. And so the platforming and so yeah. the, the levels that lean more on platforming typically fare better and the ones that lean a little bit more on the adventure game part, I feel like th- th- I feel like the game is constantly doing like a really bad job of giving you the tools that you need to succeed. Sure. Um, so much so that actually right before milkman conspiracy, like I had a hard stop between lungfishopolis and milkman conspiracy because I had not farmed up enough of the arrowhead currency or whatever to get the cobweb duster.
1: Oh, see. And I like the second I got to the store, I had enough arrowheads to get the like, uh, dowsing rod. Yep. And then I basically just went outside and for, I don't know, it probably only took like 10 minutes. I bet I just farmed arrowheads to buy the Cobweb duster because I knew it was important. Yes. Um, and I didn't want to backtrack. So like I had the cobweb duster instantly, essentially. Um, the second I got to the store.
0: And I, I feel like there's a lot of like, basically a lot of this game is like, there are weird currency issues. Like there's, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's an upgrade system that involves finding the cards and the psychic cores. And that feels unnecessary. Yeah. And then there's the currency system then you with your arrowheads
1: in to turn them into cards yes. and you still need cores.
0: Yeah. And, and um, like none of that feels interesting on its own. And it feels like more stuff that easily just should have been streamlined. when bed. you have
1: the, the fragments or the figments, whatever they're called, yes. like, which is your main XP, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was actually during milkman that, um, like I got to the book depository and I was like, man, what in the world am I supposed to be doing? Cause I had the right thing. I think I, uh, I think at that point you need the rifle. So I have that or whatever. And I just keep like walking through that crowd and getting shot. And I think that's mm-hmm. where you need invincibility the first time, if I remember mm-hmm. right, or maybe it was something else, but I remember just being like, I haven't veered off this at all. Like, what am I missing? And it had been that like, I hit a level at a certain point and then you're supposed to go back to Ford to get your new power. Yep. Apropos of nothing. Yep. Right. There's a handful of these powers that like you don't earn other than gaining XP and then Ford give them to you. Um, And I had just been streamlining along the story so hard that I hadn't been back to Ford um, and hadn't gotten it. So yeah, and Milkman is all about making you use every single power and every single item in the game. Yep. You just have to do so much item management. And like you said, it's an adventure title at that point. It is a it's a Sam and Max to, you know, The Dig. Yep.
0: Yep, And it's, I think what's funny is like, I, I, I almost think I did the exact same thing because I, I got to that point and I'm like, I'm holding the rifle. What do you want me to do? And I just keep getting insta jibbed, you know? And, um, it really took away from like my experience at that point, because I feel like the story that's being told in the milkman conspiracy is kind of interesting, especially with, uh, I think it's Boyd, right? Is his name. Who's the, who's the guard. Uh, who's also the milkman? Like, uh, you know, there's I, I don't know, like, I, I like what it was trying to do, but just in execution, I felt like it felt so fit, fl- fell so flat that it's like this game either wasn't play tested at all, or if it was play tested, they just took those notes and went, Yeah, we want them, we want the player to be frustrated there, too. You know, it, it almost
1: <laughs> feels like honestly, milkman almost feels like a tech demo or something that you would put together and say, This is a whole level put that together wholesale and then you shop that around as, to get investment right? Yep. and say, this is a level of this game. And I think if you do that um, and, and why I thought there were fewer levels, I think is, is when you play something that's that long, like milkman is, um, it is just, I don't know. It's tedious again. It's long and it makes it feel like the game is a lot longer. Um, mm-hmm. I like the, there's a lot of these levels that are a lot streamlined and shorter, like Sasha and and Mila's levels are very much just platforming. They're like boss battles. They're pretty clean, but they're pretty short. Um, and those I think are some of the higher points of the game. Some of the more fun levels.
0: So, Um, you know, it's funny as I actually, it might just be because I played them more recently, but actually glorious theater, Waterloo world and black velvetopia, I think were actually some of my favorite levels.
1: I liked them in the second playthrough. I has some places. Where I think it's easy to get stuck. Mm -hmm. But I still like the main conceit of it. Um, And I think Gloria's actually um, was more fun than I remembered since I didn't remember it at all. Um, That was one, though, like I stopped um, a, a session in the middle of that and saved. And then like I loaded up my save and it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's it saves at the instant you enter a place, not any progress you've done in it. Yep. Um, so it's like, oh, cool. I think I just burned like a half hour or 45 minutes or something because I saved at the wrong time.
0: Well, um, and, and that was, I ran into an interesting modern side effect, uh, of that too, because, um, this game is actually, so it's not only on game pass, um, but it's also on like, like Xbox cloud, like game pass. So you can play it on like a mobile device if you huh. want to. So I was actually bouncing between my newest Xbox in the den I have another Xbox here near my streaming setup and I would bounce back and forth between those two. And there are a couple of sections that I actually played on my phone with just like a controller connected to it. And I ran into that a lot because Mm. basically no matter where you save and quit, again, when you load it up on another device, you lo- you know, it, there's no suspension option anymore, yeah. right? It doesn't like resume where you left off. So it just kind of kicks you back into the game at that point. And so I sort of had to start playing the game with remembering that where it's like, I would try yeah. to clear the chapter and then get to the next point in the game. And it's like, okay, now I can, you know, now I can quit because the next time which I, which again
1: it up- is like a super 2005 idea, yes. yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and if to take it back to sunshine, like if I was halfway through, uh, trying to get a a star in one of those levels and I was just like, okay, cool. Save and quit. Like I know that I'm getting booted back out to that plaza. Right. Like, um, and I think we just accept it in Mario. Whereas in a game like this, we probably, we, we, I think we expect more in a game like this. So even though we probably shouldn't for the era.
0: Yeah. And, and so where milkman conspiracy, I think fails because it's trying to do a thing and just maybe not quite doing it. Uh, as successfully as like traditional games of that type, like adventure games, uh, I feel like Meat Circus is a textbook example in how not to construct a level.
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so Meat Circus has. It's actually it's the very beginning of Meat Circus where I walked away.
1: Yeah, it's the um, rabbit, right? Yes. Yeah, it's the rabbit.
0: It's um, and and I can, I might even. I'll, I'll pull this if I don't pull the audio, but I was thinking like, as I was playing it, like, I think I just want to pull this audio and play it. And, and just the frustration
1: of of, uh, just like, oh, stop. Yeah. 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 Because
0: there's, there's literally like, as I'm playing, you know, it's, it's the NPC that you have to protect from being killed, uh, gets teleported up to the next level and you have to platform instantly attacked instantly. And and will not defend himself in the slightest. And you have to complete all the platforming to get up to that point while this person is just getting their butt kicked
1: and And yelling at you
0: the whole time. They're screaming, ow, my face, ow. And then there's all the meat circus like that in the background. (laughs) And then there's on top of that, there's also this ghostly figure going (laughs) Rasputin. And it's just it's it's, audio. I, I had my headphones on the whole time as and I'm just like. I'm getting stressed just hearing this, yeah. let alone like the experience of and, and, and I feel like it's just a level that would not be made now because people just accept that like NPC escort missions just in general are just very tough to do. They're bad, but this is
1: a bad one.
0: Um, this is like the worst of the worst, I think.
1: And, and part of it is that, like you said, well, or maybe like I said, um, the instant you get to the next like you next checkpoint of one of these, your escort, the person you're escorting starts getting hit. Mm-hmm. So like there were some of these where I wasn't even sure if like I think I was cheesing parts like I was doing a lot of like levitation and what what are probably speedrun strats? Or, or frankly, the speedrun strats of this game are probably insane. I mean sure. they're like speedrun-esque strats. Um and like cheesing corners and making weird jumps. And I was still getting to him where he has like 30% health. <laughs> yep. Effect. And it's like, man, I don't think I'm even using the intended strats. Like, are yep. you supposed to get to him with five percent health left? Like, is this a speedrun section of the game. Yep. Um, because it essentially is. And yeah, it's it's not a good part. And I remember that part too, very much from my first playthrough of being like, I, I knew this was coming. I didn't remember what it was, but I remembered I hated a part of Meat Circus. And, and
0: then you got there and you went, that. oh God. <laughs> so so actually what happened here is is I can actually say I have not I got to a point where that happened and and I'll tell you exactly like this is my story. Like this is this is this has now become a little bit of therapy for me. Thanks for coming along while I while I just get this off my chest. Um, there are three levels, right, to to that portion of meat mm-hmm. circus. You start on the floor, then he goes up to the mid-level, and then I think he goes up to one more level. I, I had gotten to whatever the last level was. I was on my way to get the last place where you have to to get him reunited with the rabbit, and then I think you're done with it. And um there are in the later like tiers of of jumping up to to be reunited with the kid and and help him get reunited with the rabbit there become these knife throwers mm-hmm. um who are part of the platforming cuz you have to like trick them to throw stuff at the board so that you can hang onto the handle of the knife and use it to like swing up or whatever um i was i had replayed it several times cuz i don't know how you get to that level and not have to replay it several times just given how tight the timing is and, sure. and everything the way that goes and so I was like I'm going to make it I'm going to make it I'm finally going to be out of this damn level and I got mid jump pelted in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. face with a knife from one of those knife throwers and I fell all the way yep. down to the bottom and then I'm just hearing that da, 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 ow my face <laughs> Rasputin <laughs> and I just went beep, boop beep and I turned the Xbox off and I'm like If there is any, any less than one hour left of this game, I'm just going to watch it on YouTube so I can talk about it. And I did, I watched the rest of meat circus on YouTube and I, I, I put that game in a corner. It was, it was in timeout. Like I may go back and just finish it for the, for the personal edification of having finished it. But I was so pissed off. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to play this within a week. Like I'm, I'm just like that. There's not
1: much after that. Yeah, it's much.
0: it's there's yeah, it's a real quick ride after that. There's like there's a little bit of platforming on like a upside down ladder and stuff. And then there's like a boss fight. And then that's pretty much the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And so I watched it and, you know, the, the ending was fine. It wasn't like amazing, but it was fine. It was a decent conclusion. Um, but that I think that is the most frustrated. I remember being certainly in years with a video game that like I was. I was pretty frustrated. And I'll talk about something because
1: I think it was in the, so I don't, I I'll say, I don't think I thought of this in that section. I just, I just force that section, but in the next section, there's still people throwing knives at you. Oh, good. And at a certain point, you're like trying to jump up a whole bunch of ropes and stuff. uh, And you just keep getting hit. And and I'm like, man, what is, does the game want me to do? Uh, And at a certain point, I was just like, okay. Let me pause. Like, what does the game want me to do? Um, and I went into the powers menu. I'm like, hmm. I bet they want me to be invisible. Oh. And I put on invisibility. Invis- and then the knife throws, stop throwing knives at me. I was like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking my head, listener. I'm just shaking my head. Like, I wasn't happy that I figured that out or that I had not figured it out for the earlier section, it probably would have helped there too. Yeah. But it goes back to this like powers bloat. Like if I had four powers and one of them was invisibility, I'd probably have it on my like spot of three buttons I could press. And I probably would have just like mashed buttons at some point and accidentally got there. Yep. But that it's one of a whole bunch of things that I use so rarely. Um, It's, it it is hard to like, remember that that was an out and I bet it would have helped in that first part too. Oh, Uh, sure. If you, if you do go back to play it, I bet it would help there.
0: Yeah. Now that you Um, mention it for sure. But it's not, it's one of those puzzles
1: that doesn't feel fun to solve. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not a puzzle. It's one of those where it's just somebody reminding you, uh, 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 you forgot to, and it's like, man, screw you. Like I'm trying to play a video game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There's, there were a few points during the game where like Ford pops out of your ear and says, Hey, don't forget about this. it's like, man, I wish there was more of that. Frankly. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I think, I think that you've just made probably the best case for there being too many powers or them not being streamlined enough, because that's a, that's a great point that like in a game where the powers are perfectly like in sync with the gameplay and the level construction, those, those things naturally come to the player, right? Because you're like, okay, I know what my toolkit is because I regularly have to use it. And there's tons of there's tons of powers in this game that you use like just a handful of times. Yeah. And so it's just easy to forget, like, oh yeah, I guess I have this power. You know, like there's levitation, which you like I use pretty much all the time.
1: Yeah, that's always has to, so that's the problem. Like levitation always has to be one of your three buttons. Mm-hmm. And like to some large degree lifting stuff should probably be one too. Yeah. Then it's like, well, then the other one is probably either shooting stuff or pyrokinesis. And yeah. then like those are your three things for like eighty five percent of the game. Yeah. Um. And when you need something else, you swap it into one of those. Probably the middle one. Um. But that doesn't leave you much room. And on an original Xbox controller, right? It only had the two triggers, not the trigger, um, the top triggers, the buttons,
0: the bumpers. Um. It had
1: the black white buttons. Um it's like, well, so it kind of swaps in those for those, but I don't know. I think there would be better ways to make use of the controller, but definitely cutting at least three psychic powers would be like my number one, like story note to the developer. Yeah. And there's,
0: there's definitely, I mean, I think we made a case for a couple of powers that could easily have been combined, you know, that it's just they're they're there. Anytime you've got a power that's just so situational, you know, yeah. that you only use it a handful of times it shouldn't be its own thing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, did you, uh, did you get
1: all the brains then?
0: I got all of them, but like four, maybe I think. Okay. Um, cause I, 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 when I went through the tower, which is the, the, the level leading up to meat circus where you climb the tower to go, um, uh, find the, the evil dentist who's giving kids the lobotomy, um is kind of a funky level uh it's a pretty good platforming level i those those rats are some of the worst video game enemies uh i've ever faced (laughs) because they just they confuse and take like almost half your health like it's just they do an insane amount of damage um but i yeah I, i i really enjoyed that part of it and i think in the course of just you know exploring that whole tower i think i found most of the brains on the way up and then i took a quick shortcut like right you get to the point where you're in his lab at the very top of the asylum at the top of the tower. Um, and I think I real quick, like took a shortcut back to the lab or whatever to like rebrain all the kids. Um,
1: yeah. I'll let, I'll say um, I didn't see that elevator down. And this was another one of these where like the save system. I was just like, man, am I really doing this? So I got to the top and I had all but one brain and I like picked up the three brains that are at the top or two or three. I think it's three.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to backtrack back down, um, to the lab, do that and then make my way back up. And I think I did that and then I saved, but it didn't save the, the like getting the three brains at the top. I think that's what it was. I had come back from a save and had been like, okay, last time I got all the brains. So now I'm going back down. Um, and then I got to the lab and like three are missing. Like what? I got them all like, Oh, the three from the top of the tower, you didn't get because you saved and then you got them and then you <laughs> saved again. And it's only took the first save from when you entered that zone. Mm. And I was like, okay, am I really going to climb the tower again? Get those three brains, go back down the tower again, put these brains in, climb the tower again, and then beat the game. Um, and I went. I think that's where I, I went down the tower again and climbed it again or something to get to three brains. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll just beat it. But then I found that other elevator at that point, because it's not like, it's not clear that that's there and it's not clear that that's what it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, the other deep shame was that, um, achievements aren't turned on for this one. Nope. And I had noticed achievements weren't popping. And I was like, oh, it's probably because I got almost all the achievements when I played this the first time on 360. And at a certain point, I was like, well, let me look at what achievements are left. And I was like, oh, there aren't any. <laughs> and there that broke that no my heart mm-hmm. so so hard. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the first time playing this like a decade ago, that I, there's a point of no return. When you get to the top, you free Shasha, Shasha and Mila. Um, you have to break Lily free. And the game does not warn you until after you do it that this is the point of no return
0: yeah and it it literally as it saves that it's like auto saving point of no point return, of no return.
1: <laughs> it's like cool that would have been great to know a minute ago <laughs> but i remember the first time it was one of these games where it's like oh cool all i need to do is clean up these one or two things and i'll get these like last three achievements or whatever like i probably needed one or two brains whatever and then once i got past that point of no return, i was like oh Really?
0: Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. time I was
1: watching for it because I knew I was going to clean some of that stuff up. But so in my heart, I I got all the brains this time. I did take them all back down. Yeah. But I did not get an achievement for it. So.
0: (laughs) And so, well, and to your point, too, right, that it, it does feel like a really weird missed opportunity because like. Can you imagine this game in in 16 by 9 widescreen with like a decent graphics pass and achievements and a couple of, you know, like it's it's literally begging for a remaster. At yeah, this
1: point. a remaster um, would be so easy on this, too. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, one point that I wanted to bring up is I, I think one of the things that stands out to me as like one of the most memorable Mona moment, moments of this entire game is. um when it's first revealed that the kids are being de-brained, like you discovered Dogen, Bo- Dogen Bool, mm-hmm. Um, that's horrifying. Like that whole oh, sequence sure. of like, I mean, like I, I was trying to figure out where this game is like age appropriate wise. And it's it's labeled T for teen, but it's like it's kind of like deeply unsettled. It's it's fair that's for sure. Fair um but i was like there's a lot of it that feels like it could be kind of a fun game to play for kids until you get to that part of it and then you are just like oh my god oh no like Ugh. like it's just it's not graphic in any stretch of the like it's not bloody or gory it's just like deeply unnerving and unsettling
1: um I mean, like he makes people sneeze and then their brains fly out
0: yeah it's like mm, all right <laughs> yeah well and and that um, part of it i only got like towards the end of the game when they start okay. talking about the sneezing powder and stuff. Cause I, I, I hadn't realized it, but like that, that point where he looks into Dogen bulls, like ear and it's oh, just yeah, like,
1: just sees the other side.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just so like, I, I enjoyed it. But like at the time it was like, just really like to your bones, like deeply unsettling, like, yeah. Um, so, that's again, like all those little moments that the game has in there, there's some really legitimately touching moments. There's some really kind of like the game has a really good sense of humor. I actually laughed out loud many times, um, which I feel like humor in games is really difficult to do too. Um,
1: It's great voice acting too, more or less across the board. I think it is very, very well out voice acted.
0: Yeah. The, I'm trying to remember who, uh, Rasputin, um, in Psychonauts is voiced by someone who, um, I recognize their voice. It's the same person who voices, uh, Zim from Invader Zim.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that, that tracks. Yeah. and I, Wow. I'm, I'm, that, that, okay. That's a good connection to make.
0: Yeah. And, and I recognized it right away. Yeah. Um,
1: but Not yeah. Terrifically different voices. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Richard Steven, uh, Horvitz who has, Oh, is also the voice of the original alpha five on mighty Morphin power rangers. So fun. <laughs> um, yeah, lots and lots of, uh, lots and lots of credits here actually. Um, let's see. Let me just make sure. So yeah, the titular character in, in, in invader's but it has voice acting credits for the angry beavers, uh, other video games like ratchet and clank destroy all humans.
1: Angry beavers um, is a very similar feel to this. Right. Both an art and kind of tone.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, while we're, while we're sort of wrapping up spoilers, I think, um, yes. what, what, what levels would you say you had the most fun with?
0: So I highlighted, I think the three levels that I enjoyed the most were glorious theater, Waterloo world and black Velvetovia. I really, I really enjoyed Waterloo world just because of. <laughs> you know, it's board game based and it did a fun hex grid. Yeah. yeah, They, they (laughs) did a great job of just like um, interweaving the whole idea of like strategy, but also adventure game. Like I, I just, I was tickled by it. It was, it was fun in both of a like, I really enjoyed this theme. And then like solving the puzzle was actually like super satisfying. And in a couple of spots, it actually had some pretty decently tough uh, platforming too. Um, In the end, when you have to like get to the tower and stuff, um, I felt like that was good. So those were probably my top three.
1: There was a point where you have to like hang onto a ledge and go under a a grate, mm-hmm. and like you hang on a ledge once before that, and I like did I was like, where am I supposed to go? Like <laughs> he has nowhere to go.
0: What do um, I do? I
1: think that was another one where I googled and like got a walkthrough, and it was like, okay, now hang from the ledge, go under the thing. I'm like. I could do that. <laughs> like,
0: I'm reasonably certain there's a couple of parts of that that I think I pseudo cheesed because you can get so much height if you bounce off of the levitation ball that I definitely yeah, did that a couple yeah. of times where I like bounced up to parts that I don't think you're supposed yeah. to be able to jump up to. But I'll, just I'll toss
1: out there that Lungfishopolis, I um, think I had a lot more fun with this time. I don't really remember that much from the first time, but there's some dumb parts of it too. But, um, I I think it and probably Waterloo World are just so different, mm-hmm. um, and really does go to the point that this is a game. Right, and let's toss out there: there's almost no platforming in Lungfishopolis, no, um, and very little in um the World. Mm-hmm. Um, they are kind of the adventure gaming part of this at their best, <laughs> not not so much in Lungfishopolis because that's just like rampage or something yeah um, it's just a you're destroying a city essentially
0: i um, just enjoyed the the lungfishopolis is one of those where I, I feel like lungfishopolis is a really good example like you could hold that level up and say this is psychonauts because like gameplay was kind of meh theme story tone were all like oh yes. i love this this the is the story best.
1: the voice actors they have for those lungfish it's <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> like, great all their dialogue um <laughs> Yeah, and then you get to the end of it and it's an unsatisfying boss that's a bad payout. It's um Oleander yeah. in the like superhero suit that that flies around saying the same voice line over and over again. Yeah. Um <laughs> like with unsatisfying attacks and gameplay. So yeah, it's a great encapsulation of this
0: game of like yeah. fun execution <laughs> with bad payoffs. Mhm. Mhm. Um yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really Lungfishopolis is like a microcosm of of the game at large, which is, yeah, probably a good place to leave our conversation, I think. I, I mean, I, I always feel like games that I'm critical of, I feel like I'm talking more down on than I mean to. And, like, there's a lot here to like, but, man, there's just some stuff that really prevented me from, like, truly embracing it with, like, both arms and be like, come here, you, and giving it a big hug. So it was well, just kind of one of those where it's like, yeah, it's, it's okay.
1: And I think that's why I'm sad that they haven't re- remade it or, or just remastered it. Because yeah. I think that I think that any developer, like I would hope that Tim Schafer sitting down to play this right now, at this point in, in where games are, would probably recognize a lot of these same flaws. Um yeah. I think he would unless I'm completely wrong. And uh, (laughs) like, I think any rational human would sit down and say, yeah, there are things I would do differently. Um, And so I think a remaster could be a lot of fun and like patch a lot of these things, both literally and figuratively.
0: Well, and particularly given the fact that like, you know, that's an internal studio to Microsoft now. So psychonauts two is, probably going to be a larger like game pass game so hopefully maybe there's some maybe there's some support to do something like that because i do feel like i do feel like i totally get the people who are very much ardent defenders and supporters of this game because it, it is so unique and so different and it's the type of you know it's the type of game that's worth celebrating for that alone i just wish that there were parts of it that worked better um, and that hadn't aged quite so poorly. And so, yeah, some, some sort of a, a remaster or, or a, or special edition, um, you know, might fix that, which is so weird to say, cause we, we brought up George Lucas a couple of times and what's the one thing we want to get away from is special editions. But, you know, it, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other podcast, but, huh. um, I think that's probably going to do it for, uh, this edition of the missing save file. Um. Paul, I know we may record and we may include this as a as a little extra bonus thing here too, but since we're trying the new format where we do spoiler free, spoiler not, we're hoping that all of our future episodes will be podcasts that you can listen to whether or not you've played along with us. And, and I think what we're trying to do is we're not trying to get away from like the video game book club style feel, but we're trying to get away from the homework aspect of it, right? Where it's like every podcast, I think should be approachable. And so whatever our next game is, uh, we're going to try to do the same thing where we do spoiler free for the first half. And then if you're interested uh, based off of what we talk about, or, or it's something that you want to play along with, um, that's what the second half will be. So Paul, I know you've got a couple of things you're kicking around. We can probably do that here offline. And and the next uh, game we play will be a surprise. Other than
1: deep in the spoiler part, but yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So until next time uh, it's Burnsy and I'm Paul and um yeah we remaster of original psychonauts win we're ready let's go.